Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Another day, another NFL trade. Welcome back to OutKick 360 across the OutKick network, which includes Sports Radio 104.7 and our great friends at Fox Sports Shoals and Somo Sports Radio. Plus, Outkick Network on YouTube, Twitter, and on podcast. Just search out Outkick 360. Um, so Tyreek Hill is with the Miami Dolphins in exchange for five draft picks, three picks this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the big news of the day. It's quite the draft haul when you look at now how they set up. They have five picks in the first 103 selections of this upcoming April draft, the Chiefs do. Paul, you've got the details of those picks. 29, 30, 50, 62, 94, 103. So let's just, I mean, 103, three picks off from yep. top 100. And I 29 mean, and 30 come with, you know, 50-year option. That is, uh, that's great maneuverability if you're Kansas City wanting to move up and go after a wide receiver or another player, or you just stay put and you get five starters. I mean, if you're, if you're drafting five players in the top three rounds, in essence, you're drafting guys who should be able to contribute for you immediately. I mean, you should, you, you should hit on three of those five. Anyway. Right, right. Um, so from from that perspective, I think it's rare for a wide receiver to get traded and to get that in return for the player. Uh, for instance, Brandon Cooks. Just a handful of years ago, Brandon Cooks is being traded for a first-round draft pick, and that's it. A couple times. A couple times, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Tyreek Hill just picked up five picks for Kansas City. He had an expiring contract. They knew they weren't going to be able to resign him based on the price tag. He's now the highest paid uh, player, non-quarterback, among guaranteed money in NFL history. Uh, that's always going to continue to climb. Uh, Devontae Adams was, and now it's Tyreek Hill. Point being, Miami's willing to pay the price for what it means for them immediately. Plus, they've got two first-round picks next year already, and they still have some uh, draft picks relatively high in this year's draft as well. Um, intriguing, to say the least, about what Miami's doing around Tua and with new head coach Mike McDaniel. Deshaun Watson, We before I ask the big picture question about the league, we have heard from Devontae Adams. Yesterday we heard from Matt Ryan with their new team. When are we going to hear from Deshaun Watson in Cleveland? And how long before we as a media demand it? Uh, Is there any type of... NFL, uh, Pro Football Writers Association, not mandate, but rule that's in place where you have access from the team to the new player. Robert Woods was introduced to the media today, for instance. I'm sure in Cleveland, um, the beat people are restless and uh, are putting pressure on Brown's management um, for for that appearance. Uh, I'm sure there's been nonstop stuff written about him by that media core, 
uh, national national press corps certainly writing a lot about it, and he's he's due to talk. I mean, at some point you have to put him forward. Right. Stefanski will be at an owners' meeting breakfast on Monday, um, and he'll field a lot of questions about him. And Paul will be there, by the way, uh, for uh, paulkarski.com and with uh, with Outkick uh, chiming in with great content there. I want to plug that. It'll be Monday and Tuesday on the show. Um, but with that in mind, so that that kind of leads to my topic. I think. Deshaun Watson is headed down a path for the NFL like we dislike the NBA, for, for reasons we dislike the NBA, which is the players can have a coach fired, have a coach hired for that matter, and dictate what they do and don't want to do media-wise. Watson, I know, has some legal ramifications with it, but the Browns are saying they don't mind those. They just gave him a massive contract fully guaranteed with that in mind is this I mean how many players in the league could say you know what I'm not going to speak to the media no I'm not going to show up and do an introductory press conference with my new team well I'm not saying he's done that yet but silence is deafening at this point yeah he's got to follow the rules but the fines that come with not following the rules are so infinitesimal to him now I don't think they're set number I think they're case-by-case basis but the league is not going to find him such a substantial amount that it would make a difference to him. And so he could technically choose not to speak every uh, quarterback speaks weekly during the season right. and post game generally, if he's healthy, um, if he chose not to do that. And I don't know that he will because it won't help him once these initial rounds of questions are over in terms of helping your brand and everything it helps oh. to be on that football night in America montage with the witty one liner after sure. a win and all of that. But if he chose to do that and exert the kind of power you're talking about in this shift, he probably is the most powerful player in the history of the league based on this contract, more so than, than Brady at the height of his powers or Manning at the height of his powers, based on the, the money, not the winning. Because, look, he's got a dead cap hit next year of $219 million. They can't do anything with him. Right. You know, now they've got outs in the contract language about behavioral stuff and criminal stuff. But otherwise, if if it came to a showdown with him and Stefanski or him and the GM or him and the owner, what could they do? And Chad, it's that's the salary cap, by the way. Two hundred nineteen million dollars next year is the salary cap next year. But he counts what forty something against the cap next year. I next believe. year, his cap hit is fifty four point okay. nine million dollars. But if they, for some reason, want, were in a position where they had to cut him next year, that it wasn't a legal thing where they could get money back, his dead number is the cap number. And his base salary is in the 40s, and his, his base salary this year is a million dollars, which right. is the, the bare minimum for a player of uh, the veteran stature to that help he is. Out. So they've yeah, catered that, that to him. him cod- it's a coddling. With, with that in mind, I mean, he has the, I would call it the NBA carte blanche just He's the if most you want, powerful if you want the coach the out, if you want the GM out, you can demand it. And what are you going to do? Like, uh, I would say Brady would have that power. And, and Brady was very selective where he's pairing himself with the coach, right? Like, Brady would keep Arians. I, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to think of the other players that would have that power. Rodgers doesn't have that power. I thought Aaron Rodgers had that power, but he did not execute that power. With his GM. He ultimately right. didn't have Because it. we had the same the, discussion right. uh, you know, a year ago talking about this, or this offseason, not a, a whole year ago. But, but they would have removed Where he could have easily said, 
it's him or me. And if he's gone, I'm perfectly happy. So is Watson the we only don't know one? That he, but we also, Truly the only one. To be fair, we don't know that he ever did that. Right? I, don't know that it, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that. I don't think he could have done it. And I also don't know that Aaron Rodgers would have done that. It seems to me he would have played more coy than just flat out said, fire this guy and I'll be happy. But I don't think he could have done it. I think he lost in terms of that power. Well, I don't, Financially. I, I, I hate where this is headed, okay? Yes. I mean, I, I'm with Paul this on this. Like, I, I hate. It's not good. I hate that Deshaun Watson has this, this power. And it's a weird spot that everyone's in with Deshaun Watson. And it's blowing up right now in our YouTube chat. It made me, made me think of this. Um, and I'm trying to find the exact. We got a lot of comments today. Well, if somebody's going to have it, you want it to be somebody that's not going to abuse it. And I'm not sure that Deshaun Watson, if things go sour badly, won't abuse it. Well, Tom so Brady Ken, wouldn't. Ken on, on our YouTube chat says, if I'm Deshaun Watson right now, and the, quote, media demands that I speak to them, within a split second, I'd tell them to bleep the hell off as quickly as I possibly and they, and could. They can, and he can do that. Um, here's where we're headed, but though, with, with Deshaun Watson. I said it yesterday. I don't want the NFL to play all sides of this. I want them to definitively say, we buy the 22 accusations that something was up and we're going to suspend the guy for it, and it's not time served. Or say, we believe Deshaun Watson, our employee, the justice system clearly believes him to some extent to not press charges against him, so we're backing him, and he's not going to be suspended. Don't give me a time-served type statement. He set out last year, even though he's fully paid, and that's his punishment. That was no punishment. So don't, don't play all sides of this. I feel like we're now entering into an era of the same thing in terms of Deshaun Watson privilege and what he's going to have in Cleveland and how he's going to be treated. There is going to be a faction of people who are going to say, this guy absolutely owes it to the league, to the accusers, to the city of Cleveland to stand up there and answer for these accusations and speak to the media and sit there for two hours if that's what it takes. If he's in fact innocent, he should be able to sit there and answer questions. There's going to be a lot of other people arguing Deshaun Watson has been persecuted already by the media. He has been prosecuted outside of a court of law. Public opinion has buried the guy already. The grand jury said there's no charges. He doesn't know anything to anyone. And everyone could just deal with it. He didn't have to speak to the media ever again in some people's eyes because of that. We're headed down this road where there's not, Hutton, to the question you're asking, there's no middle ground of, what we normally expect from a starting quarterback in the NFL in terms of media availability and how they handle themselves, we're into two different extreme territories now. I think you can find a player in the NBA in half the league that if they walked in and said, I need the coach out of here, they'd be out of there. Yep. Um, because they have the power and they have the guaranteed money and they are the, they are the luxury of the franchise. Um, Deshaun has that now in Cleveland. Here's the other thing. If, if he wants to fanski out, Stavansky's gone. Right. And, and how, how sensitive is he and how short is his fuse if that rain and stuff that he hated, that one experience in Cleveland, gets to him eight games into his first season after the suspension's over and things aren't going well? Is he a fight through it? I'm in it with you guys because you had my back and gave me this deal guy? Or is he a, hey, this isn't working out the way I thought. Things have to change around here, guy. And the other thing is, Football's different than basketball, right? Basketball's five guys and cl very clearly a start. This is a – the whole locker room's watching you, and the quarterback is expected to 
act like everybody else in a lot of ways, to, to expect to be treated like, to kind of ask to be treated, to be one of the guys, to go out with the offensive linemen and, and to, uh, to, 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 to throw to the wide receiver a third time when he drops the two balls behind and then not act differently to, be, to gain that acceptance in that locker room. So he's got this power, but a lot of times the quarterback has a different degree of power and the, the thing that makes the quarterback special is that he doesn't use it. Right. And, and, and he lets his teammates uh, but, defend but, him and stuff. If Deshaun I, Watson uses that, he distances himself from the locker room and hurts himself. I, I'm not saying that he adamantly demanded that he have be granted this type no, of No, this is a power. side effect. It's I, I'm a side saying, effect. I'm saying for the first time, I can definitively say an NFL player can do Has what an it. NBA player can do. No, that's right? true. Like it, will he use it is the question. Right. And it, I'm, not, I'm not saying he will or he's even thinking about it or anything. But he could. But it, Absolutely. And I, I, for the first time, this is very NBA-like with a salary structure. Um, it's nowhere close to some of the mega contracts that you get uh, with these super contracts and super extensions that you see, um, $350 million plus. But... Um, it's also a, a much different players association. And look, but, a lot of but fans... The, but it's, it's interesting. I don't know how much the other teams were willing to guarantee, but it was, it was close to this. I mean, it had, if they're in the mix, it's somewhere close to this. Maybe not the final two years of guarantees that, that Cleveland threw in the mix at the 11th hour, but it, they weren't the only team willing to grant this type of... No. Just... A lot of fans will see this as a harbinger for ultimately fully guaranteed contracts all around. I'm completely against fully guaranteed contracts all around. And I think you look at the NBA and you look at Major League Baseball and you can see the effect of fully guaranteed contracts for the wrong guys. It creates dogs. It creates guys who don't have to play defense. It creates guys who can say, no, I'm not going to go into the game now or no, I'm not going to come out of the game now. It creates guys whose injuries last longer or, or whatever. I understand player empowerment and all of that, but I think I want and, – and the NBA, the NFL is extreme in the other direction, and I understand how harsh it is. But if you want the best product, this produces the best product that, For sure. that your contract is not guaranteed all the way through. You get as much guarantee as you can at the beginning, and I'm all for you, brother. Go, go get it. But – I want incentivization for you to play as hard as you can, as long as you can. And I understand there's some danger there with playing through injuries and stuff like that. But the moment that you don't have incentive to get your ass out there and play as hard as you can, the game turns worse. NBA certainly got worse. Major League Baseball has instances of guys not playing hard because they don't have to. Well, I I, I just don't like the fact of the NBA, Chad. I don't mind players having more power. Um, I don't like knowing as I watch an NBA game that the coach really doesn't do all that much. If, if, if the star player isn't happy, that guy's gone. It's a very one-sided argument. Yeah, you become as much psychologist and get-along guy as the head coach, trying to get everyone to get along, but you get along with the players too, the main players, so you keep your job. I, I don't want that in the NFL. And as surprised as I was when the accusations came out about Deshaun Watson for everything that we know, we've read, we've heard John McClain talk about with Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, I'll be equally as surprised if he tries to flex muscle in this way uh, with this team. 
Um, again, we it's can all be about surprised. If it goes back. All this surprises too, right? So I say that to know that we can be fooled uh, into anything. But I, it doesn't seem coming off of all this, like even if Deshaun Watson has that power, which I think he does, I don't think he's going to wield it. I, I, I don't see that with him. Well, if maybe it's going I'm totally well, wrong. If it's going well, if he plays like he can play and the, the roster around him plays like it can play, glory days are ahead for Cleveland and it won't be a factor. It's if the wheels come off at some point. That, uh, that, that's what it's about because the microscope's on him in a way it's never been before and he's had quite a microscope on him already. Coming up, we will discuss... Robert Woods, who was introduced to the local media here in Nashville, but a big trade where the Titans end up with a very solid number two receiver. Uh, Paul was there earlier today uh, for the discussion with Robert Woods. We'll get Paul's take on what Woods had to say. The best remaining NFL free agents in what has been a jam-packed week. And some interesting rules for the USFL that I know the NFL's paying attention to. It's a very specific area of the game that will be implemented when the season kicks off on April 16th. This is Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Malcolm Butler is once again with the New England Patriots. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Yet another player who the Patriots allow to leave, and then they end up re-signing. I mean, the, the list, I mean, just thinking about who they've brought back recently. Kyle Vannoy comes to mind. Jamie Collins, who they traded away, they end up getting back. Um, Trent Brown is back. I mean, in past years, Deion Branch is, is another player. Um now, now Malcolm Butler. They allowed him to leave after the mysterious Super Bowl benching that's never been explained, <laughs> after which he came yeah. to the Titans for, for big money. Uh, you know, it was a good factor for them. Uh, released, went to Arizona, retired with some personal stuff going on. Uh, Malcolm Butler has a lot of secrets. This personal stuff that forced him to prompted his uh, retirement in Arizona never came to light. And this... Uh, reason for the Super Bowl benching never particularly came to light. So He could write a good book. After don't you feel like book. New England's that, that spot where people want out? Like guys get in that whole Patriot way, and they drown in it, and they eventually want out, and it comes to a head sometimes like it did with Malcolm Butler, not often, but where he gets benched for a Super Bowl. They get out, it's a breath of fresh air for a while, but then you breathe in the fresh air and you start to realize – you know, it wasn't all that bad. Well, I can probably handle it again, and I had a lot of success there, and I can go back and do it, and it's not evil or anything. It's just the way things are done there, and I've handled it before, and I can handle it again. It's not just fresh air they're breathing when they get out. They go get their money. They yeah, go they, get well, their They money. get their ring, then they get their money, and then they then come they back come to get up. another ring But I also career. think like they, you know, they're around their buddies across the league, and their buddies across the league are like, man, it's not, nothing like that here. You know, with our organization, it's very different. It's, it's not that, not as structured as it is in New England. You don't get 
you know, yelled at. You don't get put down for these things. And they start thinking to themselves, man, it, the grass may be greener if I go somewhere else. The money's greener. They go out and get paid. But then after a while, you see guys that come back like Malcolm Butler. So I, I just have to think they, they think to themselves, it's really not that bad. I think a lot of them understand that the – not, not that it's not that bad, just that the, the work and the structure there is different and that the payoff is often different for it too, but that the financial payoff isn't going to be the same there and you have to go somewhere else. Paul, did else you finish you watching Man in the Arena? No, I stalled on it. I have to get back into it. So I, I watched the, the nine episodes. And, and by the way, what we were thinking about Brady having some sort of announcement, they didn't even get to Tampa on the series. It was all about New England. And it was shot apparently in 2019. So it was shot a while back before he left, or 2020. Uh, so none of the Tampa stuff is in it. Uh, but he's talking about the relationship with Belichick. And he speaks very openly about it. And the way he describes it is kind of the way I'm thinking about Malcolm Butler coming back to, to New England and playing for Belichick. And he says, we had a great relationship. It was a great working relationship. We didn't have much of a personal relationship, but our working relationship was our personal relationship yeah. with me and Bill Belichick. And nothing sinister happened. There were just some things that broke apart on both of our sides. And it gets into Guerrero and him being locked out. And he said, things just kind of run their course uh, eventually. And I'm thinking, not everyone is Tom Brady from a mental maturity standpoint that can describe things that way and handle it that way. But it makes a lot of sense, the way he described the whole Patriot process. That it is difficult for some, but it's, it's the way it is. You get there, and he said, you know, I learned when I was there was Vrabel and Brewski and McGinnis that taught me the way. And then we teach it to other guys, and then it's just eventually passed on from player generation to player generation, and guys know the expectations. And they don't hate it as much as you'd think. And they don't hate Belichick as much as you'd think. Even though Belichick is never going to be someone who wants to know you on a personal yeah, level. He's not cuddly. That's just who he is. The trade market has been crazy. Tyreek Hill today to to Miami who knows what's happening tomorrow right that's the that's the running joke on the show the free agent market has really died down a bit we're from the top upper crust to now Second okay as things happen. start to settle after the draft we'll see more and more players from this list um so uh, for instance quarterbacks Ryan Fitzpatrick Andy Dalton Cam Newton are the three best remaining free agent quarterbacks haven't heard their names mentioned right uh, running back, Leonard Fournette is now back in Tampa. They've, they've announced a two- or three-year agreement for Fournette in Tampa. I don't know about voidable years, but that's what they're announcing it with the Bucs. The, the, the talk was, if Deshaun Watson chose Atlanta, that Leonard Fournette and Jarvis Landry were prepared to follow him there. Fournette ends up back in, in Tampa, and Landry, I haven't seen his name across the league all that much. No. He's a free agent. Uh, of course. See, that, he's, he's definitely fits the perfect MO for a post-draft guy with the receivers yes, in the draft. Yep. Um, at running back, let's go there. Sonny Michelle, Melvin Gordon, Ronald Jones, Devontae Freeman. I'm like, definitely that, waiting that, until that, after the draft. It's a big pull. Philip Lindsay's on this list. Alex Collins in Seattle. Uh, if you play fantasy football, you know these names. But there's a bunch of guys there, and there's a bunch of guys in the draft. Uh Wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. is coming off a, a big knee injury in the Super Bowl. Aside from him, Will Fuller. Always hurt. A.J. Green. 
I mean, old. there's he was productive, but he's old. Uh, Traquan Smith in in New Orleans, Emmanuel Sanders, old. Uh, again, like you're waiting on the draft there. Absolutely. Uh, tied in. Have we heard anything on Gronk? The thought that the talk is that now that Brady is back, I if he's going to play again, he's going to play there. I would think that's. The Don't case. you feel like Gronk will just show up two weeks before the first At game camp, and yeah. skip training yeah. camp? Yeah. Yes. If he's going to play. I don't. I don't think he wants to be a part of all the offseason programs. But there are some other good. If he joins a team, it'll be very guys late. on this list that you're about to read. Uh, tight end. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robert Tanyan was there. Now he's back in Green Bay on a one-year deal. Uh, but we've kind of seen the. I think we've seen the dust settle a bit at the position now. Yeah. You're going to get to a couple positions here where nothing has happened. Well, okay. Uh, offensive tackle was all the talk as we started the week. Toronto Armstead goes from New Orleans. He's now in Miami. Uh, Dwayne Brown is back in. Is he? Is he back in Seattle? Or is he still available? I think he's still available. Meanwhile, I mean, if you start going down the list, David Questenberry is is next up among the the guys you start to look at. I mean, he's not again going like you you sit draft. and you, you wait. There, there's not a just a, a a big name that you're now waiting on the next domino to fall. Interesting names though at edge rusher. Uh, Derek Barnett and Jadavian Clowney. Here we are again with Clowney. Well, Clowney likes to wait because he doesn't like to go to camp. Certainly not OTAs. Um, yeah, uh, Bobby but Wagner. Inside by the way, linebacker, nothing has happened. Bobby Wagner is reportedly signing with the Rams. So well, that's a good get. He, I mean, he's still, even if he's not close to what he was, he's still a very good player. And that's a guy that transcends the position, I think. You would think still. McLean said that as much yesterday. The, the biggest, maybe, maybe the next domino, if you're looking for a veteran defensive back, is Stephon Gilmore or Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins. Those are the two free agents, to my knowledge, at that corner. Stephon that Gilmore, I would think, would be a guy that you would sign, if the price is right, ahead of, ahead of the draft. So still a few of these guys ahead of the draft so you're not forced to draft. You know what I mean? Right. I, I would think a little bit more would come out of free agency so you get yourself in position that you're not desperate at a position in the draft. So it has been thinner overall than I would have expected. It's thin, but there are still like every position's got a group of players that are about to sign a one-year contract as soon as the draft is complete. Or an injury happens in training camp. And I, it's a gamble. How long do you wait for the dust to settle after the draft? And if I'm a team, I'm definitely waiting on the draft if I'm in need of a position that now. That second-tier free agency has really gone down. Yes. It, like, you're not – it's not favorable to a second-tier veteran. you got to be really good or – you're getting a middling deal or this one year. You live year to year. I'll yeah. tell you what's really yeah, exactly. gone down. I'll tell you what's really gone down with all this news and trades and everything else. The interest in the draft. We're talking about the draft. And that's going to, I mean, now that if this, in fact, does get boring for any stretch of time, you're going to get back into regular draft talk. Not that people aren't going to pay attention to the draft when it gets here, but there's not been nearly as much draft analysis because of all the huge storylines, well, which is great for the NFL. It's in because now if it gets a little bit boring, the huge you go back to talking draft. Well, the huge storylines are there because the rookie quarterbacks aren't yeah, there in this draft. It's in conjunction with the, the lack of rookie quarterbacks and the lack of giant names and personalities in the draft overall. So it really worked hand-in-hand. Hand. All of these trades and stuff have filled the vacuum of, of the draft. 
We'll talk draft ultimately, but it doesn't just doesn't have the zing that it typically. I can't has. wait until Kenny Pickett becomes Joe Burrow, so we can look back and say, "Oh, remember that draft? Where How there do no you... good quarterbacks?" And then there's Kenny Pickett, who's an all timer. So help me with this. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time on salary cap and teams up. You, know, you can create ninety percent of the league right now is creating space. The Titans, for instance, just restructured Kevin Byard. Did they? This morning. Yeah, they, they wow. say his, 8.7. Uh, his numbers are going to be they, massive. They add 8.7 to this year's cap. Uh, that helps bring Who on Robert Woods. Um, it was this morning. Um, I'd say wake mul- up earlier, multiple, <laughs> yeah. multiple outlets have uh, reported that by now. But they save 8.7 on his, on his number. Meet, uh, this was a team that was up against it, and then they create room. I bring it up because now we're across the league, Chad, discussing, okay, the, you mentioned Joe Burrow and the hand size, and you're mentioning Kenny Pickett, right? He gains an eighth of an inch on the measurement at the pro day, and that's now like a huge head. I thought the official measurement was the official measurement. How do you and, gain and now, an eighth of an inch in your hand well, size? He's been doing those stretches. Well, but, I mean, you also oh, weigh on. less in the morning than you do at night. I mean, I, I, I guess it's dependent on when you're measuring. Pliability. <laughs> I mean, I well, mean. But he said you feel your fingers. Or you're also uh, have more dexterity. I think early you're also morning. taller when you wake up. Seriously. I I still don't understand. Or is how, it the other way around? How double jointed? I feel shorter. I in the think morning. you're taller maybe in the at, in the, at the end of the day because you I always just, wake up feeling shorter. Out. No, you're but, taller. You're taller in the morning because I, at night you've stretched out and all your joints are relaxed. Okay. I, I don't understand how his double jointedness does not. I'm trying to help get every him. inch I can over here, guys. I'm just <laughs> Reed should know. Reed's hunched over by noon. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm not interested enough to to have somebody on to talk about this, but I understand but how double jointedness doesn't help. We, we, we uh, as a news cycle, like we spend so much time on this, and then two weeks later, there's a new number with it, right? A like new eighth of an inch. Uh, Green Bay's up against the cap, and all of a sudden, they give Rodgers 50 million, and they franchise their receiver, and then trade him. And take the, you know, again, like it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes we create headlines when uh, the, the team can maneuver a cap or maneuver them. Ultimately, Chad, you're right. The hand size isn't going to matter. Well, and it's... um He, he played college football in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I, I guess what I'm saying is that... Yeah, just ask... Uh, we we haven't even... Tweeted that out? There hasn't been enough oxygen to give stories like that a lot of oxygen because there's been actual huge stories right. day after day. So... Most years, you know, we see the hand size, the hand measurement of Kenny Pickett and say, oh, well, this is what everyone's going to talk about and ask about now for the next month, month and a half. It just goes away quickly because Deshaun Watson gets traded and Russell Wilson gets traded and Aaron Rodgers stays put and Carson Wentz gets traded. It's just one huge headline after the next. Tyreek Hill today gets traded to the Dolphins. It's been an insane news cycle for the NFL. Um Paul, what did Robert Woods have to say today? Your first uh, in-person chat with him. With Robert Woods is very much um, what I expected, like a classy, true pro guy. He said that very shortly after they signed Allen Robinson, his phone rang. He saw the area. He saw McVeigh, And McVeigh said, hey, man, we're going to trade you. But that they included him in it and gave him uh, sway as to where they traded wow. him. So. He got about doing his research. He said it was funny. The first name he mentioned for doing his Titans research was not one that you would expect. <laughs> it was Josh Reynolds. 
No, he later mentioned. Is he much, there? No. Okay, much, I want to go there. much more. <laughs> Mr. Titan later mentioned much I more. I called Josh and I said, Josh, you sure you're not coming back? <laughs> okay, good. I think I'm going to sign there. That, that's all I needed to know. Later mentioned much more legitimate people. Roger Saffold um, said, you know, he worked with, and I didn't put this together, uh, Todd Downing and Rob Moore in Buffalo in the first stop of uh, his career. Um, but. Uh, you know, didn't mention obviously the other teams that he he was wor- looking at, but uh, liked a lot of what he saw with Tennessee, thinking that they're on the verge. What did he say about pairing up with AJ and now? Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming he was was he asked about Julio? Wasn't asked about Julio. Talked very highly about AJ Brown and being opposite him and what he thought they could bring as threats about the, the solid run game, about his role in, in helping the run game, um, about the knee, you know, made it clear that he was told not to talk about timetables. We were like, gee, we wonder who told you that. Um, but I saw Kevin Byer just retweet that and said, you learn quickly. Yeah. But <laughs> indicated, he said, I was told not to talk timetables. Indicated that he, you know, is hopeful and anticipating being ready for the start of the the regular season, so I don't optimistic. He walked in very smoothly. Doesn't you know look like a guy who's who's got a knee issue right now. I don't know what other offers would have been out there uh, for Woods. I, I can't compare it, but let me compare it to Atlanta. This is now if, if if the Rams are helping him out, right? He doesn't have a no trade clause, right? No. So, he, but they're allowing him to you treat a veteran, and this is so. But, we're seeing a lot of this around the league treating a, veterans nicely. As a team and as a general manager to my owner, don't you owe it to your organization to get the most in a trade? Atlanta admitted that they didn't shop Matt Ryan; they took the offer from Indy because that's where Matt Ryan wanted to go. So they didn't try to like take that offer to another team. If I'm the if I'm Arthur Blank, I absolutely want the most for the franchise quarterback. That's just the business side of the NFL. It is interesting. And, and if it's a star player who's on the back end of his career, that dude in New England is cut in a heartbeat or he's traded. Mike Vrabel is a, you know, a helping uh, helping the Patriots win Super Bowls by catching touchdowns. Though, he's traded to Kansas though, City. Though, they were very polite to Garoppolo. And they traded Garoppolo somewhere that he wanted to go and for less than a lot of people thought he would get. That was one exception. And they people thought they could have got more you, than a second for Garoppolo. By then, and they you traded say him. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft stepped in and did that. Yeah, but, it, but you would just did. use you just use Blank as the example, not not but, Smith or Fontenot but when my, you were talking there. My, but the the difference is this: you're trading your starter. They're not trading Tom Brady to San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, they're trading Matt Ryan and and signing Marcus Mariota and getting a third round pick in return. And, I, and then, again, I'm, I'm thinking of, and they're taking a $40 million dead money cap. It, why not get more if you can? And they're, they're outwardly admitting to the media and to their fan base, yeah, we're sentimental about the guy, so we're, we, just, we took the offer because that's where Matt wanted to go. It is and interesting. It, that's, that's okay. I mean, that's nice, but that's not business. Like it, the NFL is just a hard-line business. And that, to me, that you're not doing the best for your organization by admitting that. Well, I think with Woods – I think they figured it's a fifth or a sixth, and this is about unloading cash for us. That transaction is about unloading $10 million that they figured yeah, they, that they were going to have to pay the 3-5. I'm okay. sure they calculated this May, around. Yeah. We're going to have to pay the 3-5. The best we're going to do is a fifth or a sixth, and this transaction is about unloading the 10. So that one I can understand. Some of them are like that. This transaction is about unloading money. 
not about what we can get in return for it. So I think there's some that fall into that bucket. But I do think uh, you're on to something there. That why really admit, is about paying tribute to Why admit to that you're willing Ryan to take nicely. less for a player that meant so much? I would want to get the best offer. If there's no trade clause, that's the advantage see of the what, organization. See what Seattle would give you? See it seems what like Carolina a very, would give you? Well, you're not going to trade them to Carolina. It seems like a very soft-hearted approach for a league that's very cutthroat. Yeah. Which that, is very that, unusual. That. Yeah. I mean, it's I like it. Like, good, good for them. That good for Robert Woods. For good. I mean, I think yeah, that tells you what they the meant player. for their organization. Right. But we've seen a lot of nice guys be kicked to the curb, and that's just oh, we, we chalk it yeah. up to. I mean, the Vrabel example is a good is. one. Vrabel was a beloved guy by Belichick for sure, by Kraft, by that organization, and he wound up not talking to Belichick for what two years after the and, cutthroat and, move. And of some of those guys, Vrabel's not one of them, but uh, Jamie Collins is. Jamie Collins is trade and comes back. You know, I think winning a Super Bowl also can soften your heart a little bit, um, and maybe that's part of it. Coming off a Super Bowl win, a little bit easier to beat nice with a player who did well for you, did everything the right way, treated you well, and take a little bit less in a trade, as right. opposed to losing early in the playoffs and your mindset going into that Yeah, but there's no Super Bowl in the mix for the Atlanta deal like he's talking about. And Atlanta's desperate for well, help. So if they could have done better than a third um, or, or gotten you know an additional pick from Seattle or from... You have, a, you have the Colts desperate, right? Like that, that's how I would view Just it. Just if you could have come back and said, well, actually, we've got another call on the line. Oh, we have here. Seattle on the line. What's your offer, Indy? You know? Or Carolina's calling. David Tepper wants Matt Ryan. I mean, it's it's a testament to Matt. I realize that's the division. We don't want to deal him in the division, sure. but we're thinking about it. <laughs> it's just a it is a different headline to read. Um, maybe a headline moving forward. Paul's going to be at the owners' meetings uh, next week, where they're going to be discussing some NFL rules. There are some USFL rules that I know for a fact the NFL will be paying attention to, and it's in one specific area of the game. And we'll lay out some interesting rules that the USFL announced today for a season that starts next month. That's next and now kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With kickoff just around the corner for the new USFL, they announced their rules today publicly. Outkick 360 rolls on. Kickoff on Saturday, April 16th. Tickets extremely affordable for the entire family. Ten bucks. That's a day pass, meaning that on April 17th, for instance, you can go to all three games, come and go as you please. You can bring three people with you under the age of 15 for free on the $10 ticket in Birmingham at Protective Stadium. It's that simple. TheUSFL.com for more info. Um, Paul, they have... What I'll call, just to make it simple, a best-of-three overtime format. And then sudden death. They're going to snap the ball from the two-yard line. Both teams get possession. And the team that is able to score and then get a stop wins on the best-of-three. However, if both, if both teams score all three times, they move to a sudden-death format from the two-yard line in overtime. I saw that today, and I think, I wonder if the NFL's paid attention to this. Or you're tied. So it's the best of three. If you're tied, 
then you go into to sudden death. Right. You got to have a big two point uh, conversion playbook. I I don't think it's an NFL style thing uh, because I think the NFL is interested. It, it, it's similar, somewhat similar to to the college football format, which they've been reluctant to do. College football, obviously, starting what at the twenty or twenty five. Yeah, but then they go to uh, alternate two-point conversions. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Uh, remember the Penn State-Illinois finish? Yeah. That went with all, have, went forever back and forth with the two-point conversion they trading off? very good place. Yeah. Uh, I think the NFL remains interested. None of the, none of the uh, approaches that have been put forward suggest anything like this. It's still a, a kickoff and play football scenario, which, quite frankly, I'm in favor of. I recorded a, a little thing for Fox News Radio. I think this is good for a new league because it's different and it'll draw eyeballs. If you're watching a game, you're not going to turn away or you might turn to this to see it because I think it's high drama uh, and something different. But I wouldn't want to see it in the NFL. Um, it's, it's not, I, I, I want something that's uh, – natural to football and not a new thing where you put the ball down at a, at a, a odd spot. What, uh, what we will see in the USFL starting next month is the opportunity to tie a game down nine instead of eight. It's now one possession game down nine because you can go for three. You can go for one, two, or three as an extra point. You'll be snapping um, from the 10-yard line. A successful scrimmage play from the ten yard line equals three points. So it's like first and goal from or from fourth and goal from the ten. Yeah. Um, moving forward, though, like uh, a second option um, aside from extra point, you can now attempt a fourth and twelve. Fourth and thirteen. Uh, fourth and twelve or fourth and thirteen. Yeah, for the opportunity to get a first down instead of punting. Maintain possession. So there, or, or a, yeah, or an onside kick as well. You can do that as well. All forward, uh, two forward passes from behind the line of scrimmage are legal. That's interesting. Um, so they've added that. Um, and then on special teams, uh, they are encouraging returns in the USFL. Uh, Which is kicking, opposite the NFL. They're kicking they off from the 25. But they're also encouraging, um, they're doing it by not just allowing a team to return the kick, but they're hindering the defense from making the tackle upon a return. An instance would be uh, you can have the gunner, and normally you have two guys that are pressing the gunner to keep him off of your return man. You can now only touch that gunner with one player. One player can have contact with the gunner. The second defender cannot press the gunner until the ball is kicked from the punter. So that is a huge advantage. It's one-on-one for about you know two seconds. In essence. Yep. But that's a nice advantage instead of pressing that guy and pushing him out of bounds. Uh, that's encouraging um, the return. And all kickoffs are going to be from the 25. There's no kicking team member that can line up any further than one yard. So, again, like the, you're going to get a head start as a returner on, on that end of it as well. We need to, at some point, we have more time, kind of rank the rules that would, are most likely to be adopted by the NFL. Or another league. Another, these rule, the tinkering with the rules. I, I'm, I'm curious, too, because the networks are involved in this. And, of course, Fox owns the USFL. They're in partnership with NBC. Fox and NBC have the first game and a simulcast. Um, the replay booth. All replays go through Mike Pereira's office in Los Angeles. All of them. And while coaches have one challenge, what they're trying to do is prevent any situation where a coach needs to 
needs to challenge. Because as I, as I read it, Pereira can say, stop the game, we need to, we're going we're gonna to take a look at this and get the call right. And he can, he can, with his crew, buzz in and immediately get a call right on the field as they see a replay of it. Instead of a coach needing to challenge to send it to New York. Are there simultaneous games? Uh, no, there are not. Quickly, guys, uh, some news right before we leave. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting, progress toward further changes to New York City's private sector vaccine mandate has inspired confidence that Brooklyn's Kyrie Irving could be back on the court for home games in the near future, and Yankees and Mets players that are unvaccinated will be cleared before opening day as well. Well, I mean, that's... All we care about there is the Yankees. Common sense there. Yeah. Coming through. Common sense starting to win. Um, yeah, it so, appears. It appears. And, and final thing, uh, the in the fourth quarter and uh, prior to halftime, under two minutes, a first down stops the clock. Again, encouraging scoring. Um, if you're out of timeouts, get a first down. Push the issue. Hurry up. Clock, again, stop, uh, starts upon the snap. More of a college aspect there, Chad. Yeah. With that. Looking forward to seeing all these. Again, I, I want to at some point, let's go through the rule changes and rank what is most likely to be adopted by some other league, college or the NFL. More of a college approach, too, to pass interference as well. Go to theusfl.com for more details there. Full Sweet 16 preview tomorrow as we finally tip off things in uh, what's going to be a very exciting fun, uh, final push to the Final Four. Join us for Outkick 360. Fun show. Don't ruin it by blocking the box or not locking the lock. <laughs>